If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look there today. Ever since 9-11 happened, we have instituted in our country the Homeland Security Advisory System. How many people have memorized that? I didn't figure anyone had, but, but I'm sure you're familiar with it. You've seen it. It, it. it looks like this here on the screen. And these levels are assigned uh, based on information that gets gathered by our intelligence agency, and it helps us prepare for potential terror attacks. Well, see, whether you know it or not, you use that same system every day of your life to chart your levels of anxiety. Now, follow me along here. You, you awake in the middle of the night, and you have a horrible stomach ache. You get up the next morning, and it's better, but that nagging pain comes back in the afternoon. Anxiety alert level green, right? It's pretty low. Well, over the next few days, it, pain doesn't get any better. In fact, it starts to get worse, and you begin to have these shooting pains. And so you go see your doctor. Anxiety alert level blue, guarded. Two days later, your doctor calls you, and he wants you to come back and see him. He says he, he wants to run some extra tests because a couple of the tests came back abnormal. He just wants to make sure everything's all right. Anxiety alert level yellow. Well, that afternoon, after more tests, your doctor calls you, and he says, some of those tests came back, and, and they're a bit abnormal, and so I want you to go and see a specialist. And I need you to go and see him as soon as possible. Anxiety alert level orange, right? So you schedule the appointment, you go see the specialist, and after a few more pokes and prods and more tests, he calls you into the office and he tells you and your spouse what you feared most. Cancer, illness, disease, anxiety alert level red. See, some people, they'll call it tension. Some people call it anxiety. Uh, Jesus, like we're going to see in a moment, calls it worry. Or we can also call it fear of the future. You know, in a lot of ways, we are a fearful nation. Right? We're a nation of worriers. Uh, for example, we worry that we're going to be left alone in the future. Right? We worry that we don't know what we're going to do when we get to the future. We worry that we won't have what we need for the future. We worry that we're going to be hurt by someone or something in the future. We worry that we won't make it in the future. I mean, if you think about it, that's the number one concern that always gets addressed during every election, right? The, the economy and the future. We worry about our financial and our social and our vocational futures. We're, we're a nation of worriers. And now let me just make a clarification that there is a difference between concern and worry. For example, if you're a parent or a grandparent and, and you're not concerned that your kids or grandkids are playing out in the middle of a busy highway, you're just a bad parent or grandparent. If you're not concerned about saving money for your future, for your retirement, well, that's, that, that's foolish. There, there are a lot of things that we should be concerned about. There is a difference between being carefree and being careless. And this morning, I don't want to look at legitimate concerns, but we're talking about illegitimate worry. Concerns that, concern is what focuses on our present. Worry focuses on a future. And Jesus took this fear head on in our scripture this morning. 
Matthew 6, verse 34. He said, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I, I like this. Someone defined worry this way. The interest we pay in advance today for trouble that may never come tomorrow. See, the problem with worry, the problem with having that fear of the future is when we worry, we begin to act like spiritual orphans. We begin to act like either A, there is no God, or, or if there is a God, he's powerless to really help us. And what we're saying is that I don't believe God can do what he says he will do. I don't believe that God will take care of me like he says he will. And now, full disclosure, I am a worrier myself. One of the biggest worriers you'll meet, probably. There's a lot on my plate that I get worried about. And, and it's a lot easier to stand up here and to tell you, here's how not to worry, than to actually implement it. I get that. But we can look at what Jesus says here in Matthew 6, and, and hopefully take some practical steps, at least for myself and, and any of you worriers out there on how to help overcome worry and fear of the future and keep that anxiety at a minimum. See, it begins by remembering how God performed in the past. See, I want to make a simple statement for you right now, and and I hope it speaks volumes about how you can use the past to help face the future. All right, you ready? Here's the simple statement. You are here now. Aren't you? You're here now. Whatever has happened to you in the past up to this point, you survived. You've made it. A little beaten up, yeah, a little bruised perhaps, but you're here and you're still standing and moving forward. One of the, the greatest leaders in Scripture was Moses. And Moses had this great way of sitting the children of Israel down from time to time and Reminding them of everything that God had done for them in the past. He was preparing them to go into the promised land. And he made this statement in Deuteronomy chapter 1. The Lord your God is going before you. He will fight for you just as you saw him in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you again and again here in the wilderness. Just as a father cares for his child. See Moses is asking them. Guys let's go up and down memory lane for a moment. Do you remember everything God has done for you? Do you remember when God parted the Red Sea? you remember when he led us by the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day? you remember how God destroyed the entire Egyptian army? He said, even now as we're wandering in the wilderness, millions of us here needing to eat to survive. Do you remember how God fed us? Right? Every morning he would give us manna, this bread to eat. Every night he would give us quail. And we didn't have to bake the bread. We didn't have to go hunting for the quail. God delivered. Remember when you complained that you were thirsty and you needed water? And God said, speak to the rock. And, and water gushed forth. See, Moses was just trying to remind them that, you remember how God took care of us in the past? Don't you think the same God that took care of us in the past can continue to take care of us today and tomorrow? God said this to the nation of Israel through Isaiah. He said, listen to me, all you who remain in the house of Israel, whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have cared for you 
since you were born. Grab that in your mind. From the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb, when those cells were first formed, from that moment on, God was taking care of you. I mean, you wouldn't be here today if God hadn't nurtured you in the past. But before you even knew what was going on, even when you really didn't understand who God was, He was watching out for you. In fact, imagine all the trials and the tragedies we, we've missed because God was taking care of us. Isaiah 43 said this, I will still be the same when you are old and gray and I will take care of you. I created you. I will carry you and always keep you safe. Our lives, they kind of have two bookends, right? From the moment we're conceived to the moment we die, God was there. And God is there. And He will continue to be there and take care of us. You know, it's interesting that things are going retro nowadays. Right? Everything's going back to the way it used to be. Shoes and clothes and cars and... I remember growing up and, and I'd wear jeans and if I got a hole in the knees, my mom would grab them and put the, the denim patch on and sew it in because you've got to have nice looking jeans. Now kids are paying $100 for jeans with holes already in them. But you know, going retro isn't all bad. Especially when it comes to the fear of the future. Because I guarantee you that every one of us here in this room this morning can think of a time in our past when we know that God intervened on our behalf. When God provided for a need, when we didn't know how it was going to be met. When God protected us from harm. And so if we can remember how God has protected us, has watched out for us in the past, hopefully it will help encourage us as we face the future. So if you have the Egyptian army behind you and the Red Sea in front of you, just remember the past and realize he's the same God in the present and the future. Remember the past, then realize what God has promised us here in the present. At beginning in verse 25 of Matthew 6, Jesus repeats something three different times. Three times he says this, Do not worry. And when he's talking about worry, he's always talking about tomorrow. Worry is always about tomorrow, right? You're, you're acting in the present. You're worrying about the future. And so if I could stand here and I can guarantee each and every one of you that you are never going to face another problem the rest of your life, none of us would ever have to worry again. Worry is about the future, he says in verse 34, each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> in other words, you just take care of today. This is the only day that you have. And so you have to ask yourself the question, how do I depend upon God for today? Not worry about tomorrow, not worry about next week. How do I depend on God for today? And the way we do that is we realize the promises that God has made for us today. Here's one in Psalms 32. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. He says this in Deuteronomy 31. The Lord himself will go before you. He will not leave you or forget you, so don't be afraid and don't worry. So put these two promises together and, and here's what God has promised. He says, today I will guide you. Today I will guard you. Today I will go with you. 
And I will give you what you need to face trouble. See, did you realize there's something that you and I can do that God cannot do? I know you might be thinking, that's him, that's him, you're preaching, you know, be careful what you say. God can do everything, right? But there is, there is one thing God cannot do that we can do. We can break promises. God cannot. He never has and he never will break a promise that he has made to us. Jesus uses this illustration that something we experience every day and he gives us this great piece of advice on how to cure our future worries. And believe it or not, it's just watch the birds. He says this in Matthew 6, verse 25. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So let me ask you, have you ever seen a worried bird? You ever see a bird out on the branch just pacing back and forth, rubbing its hands? We never see worried birds. Did you know there's never been a bird throughout history that was treated for hypertension or high blood pressure or stress? I mean, fear of the future isn't for the birds. And so there's a great lesson for us perching out on trees every day. If God can take care of these little birds, how much more is God going to take care of you? See, the good news is that each one of us here this morning are going to go back home and we're going to have a roof over our head and we're going to have clothes in our closet. We're going to have food on our table. And each one of those things is like a bright, flashing, neon sign that God says, hey, realize I'm taking care of you today. Surely I can take care of you tomorrow. So look at the present. And then rely on what God has planned for our future. I love verse 34 from the message version of the Bible. It says this, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. See, if you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I can tell you something about your future. In fact, I can guarantee this about your future. Everything will work out for your best good according to God's kingdom. It's not speculation. It's not just positive thinking. It's not, you know, one of those encouraging posters with a cat hanging. This is God's word. Romans 8.28, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. When you obey God today and when you trust God for tomorrow, that's where we find the antidote for worry, for fear of the future. In fact, God is not able to do a good work in the future until we're willing to step out in faith in the present. So remember this as we're looking at our past and our present and the future. Ye- yesterday's gone. You can't change it. Tomorrow, tomorrow hasn't come. You can't touch it. But today is here. And all we can do is live in the present. The best thing about the future is it only comes 
one day at a time. And so the only day that we need to be concerned about is today. So let me just close and share a few thoughts with you. First of all, optional, our worry is optional. It's an optional misery. You don't have to worry. Nobody forces you to worry. Every time you do it, you choose to worry. Every time you have that fear of the future and what may happen, you choose to have that fear. That, that's one area where us as followers of Christ have a great advantage over those who don't follow Christ because we know this book. We know the promises in it. And we know in the end, God wins. So we don't need to be worried about the future. You know what ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Nothing's ever surprised God. Nothing's ever caught God off guard. He already knows the final score. He knows the end. And the greatest news is, is if we are his children, we win. Here's the second piece of advice. Leave tomorrow alone. When tomorrow comes, God is going to give you the grace and the strength that you need for tomorrow. For today, he's giving you the grace and the strength that you need for right now. So leave tomorrow alone. You know, the calendar gives each of its days a number. We just need to live them in that order. Just like God has arranged. Just stay in one square at a time. Now, don't get the impression that I have told everybody not to worry. Because the truth is, if, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you haven't surrendered your life to him, there, there are two things that you better be worried about. There is a future that you should be fearful of. You should be worried about death and the judgment and fear of the future without God. But again, that's the beauty of the cross of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Because we know that Jesus died on the cross for us. And we know he was buried. And know he raised from the dead. And when he did that, he not only took away the fear that we should have, which is the fear of dying without God, but it took away the fear of the future. What's that saying? I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And the good news is that if we are, <laughs> we've surrendered our lives to him, we don't need to fear the future. So let me ask you as we close, do you, do you fear future? Maybe you have family or friends that you know are fearing that future because it's without God. We need to take those steps today to surrender our lives to him. To live for him today. If that's something you need to